Hello, and welcome to Core Sampler, the podcast where we drill into the Sitecore community to bring you insights into the work talented people are doing every day on the Sitecore Experience platform. Whether you're a developer, a marketer, or both, we're glad you're here. And now your host, Derek Dysart. Welcome to Core Sampler. My name is Derek Dysart, and in this episode, we're talking with John Upchurch. John, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks. So uh, you kind of reached out to me, wanted to uh, talk a little bit about Ignition. Um, in the episode I talked with Mike Reynolds, he had kind of talked about some of the work that's going on uh, with the Ignition framework. And uh, I, I definitely kind of wanted to get a sense of what, what exactly is Ignition. Sure. Um, Ignition is a primarily a development accelerator. So unlike something like SXA, the, the Sitecore Experience Accelerator, this focuses primarily on getting your code solution set up with best practices. Um, it focuses on accelerating the actual development process and making it easy to onboard new team members, um, especially even more junior resources or offshore resources where you can't be as directly involved in, in their onboarding process, things like that. And it's built around um, combining the the good solid.net and uh, solid object oriented development principles with good psycho practices. And we, we, the other side of it is that we, we focus on an information architecture in Sitecore that supports all of the features that we've been hearing about and everything like that with all the personalization, AB testing and all the magic that Sitecore is capable of doing. What is the split between kind of guidance and, and tooling? Is it, is it, Guidance on tooling is a guidance on kind of how to structure solutions. I guess let's dig a little bit more into what it, what exactly you're getting with Ignition. Sure. Uh, right now, it's set up as a uh, a Visual Studio solution that you can clone and just work from there. You get a core set of libraries that include our base data model that we. Ideally, you would extend. Okay. But like what, what kind of stuff comes in the base model? Is it kind of base page stuff? Like every page has got a title, every page has got metadata. Yeah, or? there's a lot of that inherited stuff. Uh, we also focus a lot around marketing type content. So we provide a set of fields or a set of templates in Sitecore that we model in fields that are like heading and subtitle and all that. Each one is its own template. And then when you create, say, a call to action item or a slide for a carousel or something like that, you actually just inherit the fields that we've already created in your template. So you don't need to actually add any fields unless there's something that we don't cover. Sure, sure. Then because we have all of that modeled in code, all your model is is just implementing our interfaces in code and there's all sorts of magic and automation wired up around that. Nice, nice. So what what if I wanted to kind of check it out and kind of get started, what's what's that process sort of look like? Uh, I actually have a video up on my YouTube channel, which if you search for Sitecore Ignition and John Upchurch, you'll you'll find that. And we'll get a, we'll get a link to that in the show. For sure. And also there's some really good documentation on our GitHub site. The there's a step by step how to get started with the with the solution. But ideally you just clone it from GitHub and then you can pretty much start configuring and working from there. You'd need to get our our package installed into Sitecore uh -huh. with our, our base templates and such. We kind of third-party provide um, functionality tied through like Glass, Glass Mapper, and things like that. We also advocate using Sitecore PowerShell extensions. So we kind of suggest you install a few of those things. 
So there, there's kind of a list of recommended modules that kind of run along with Ignition. Exactly, yeah. Exactly. And, and like I said, Glass is one of them. PowerShell is one of them. We, we like Unicorn. Uh, there's a number of other packages we kind of tie in. Yeah, so Glass Sitecore. Mapper being a, an object relation mapper for, for Sitecore, kind of mapping Sitecore fields to strongly typed Correct. Uh, strongly yeah, exactly. typed objects. And then uh, Unicorn is obviously a, uh, a serialization format. Correct. Um, it replaces the native Sitecore serialization format. Uh, Correct, yeah. And it makes it really easy for what we're doing, especially when we're working in multiple branches because we, we, we primarily use Git. And we try to stay within feature branches. So by using Unicorn, our the state of the items in our repository matches the state of the items in Sitecore because it will overwrite and, and synchronize that way. So it's really nice to when you're going to troubleshoot things or integrate features, you can your state of Sitecore is always at the same in sync with your repository. Now, is there a dependency on using Unicorn or can somebody use, you know, if they're more familiar with something like TDS or... You could absolutely use anything you want with it. That's another one of the things that we kind of set up is that we don't force you to do anything. Okay. You could set up, matter of fact, I think as the current release branch of Ignition right now has a TDS solution in it as well. Mm -hmm. um, the upcoming one, we're just simplifying it to Unicorn, but it is absolutely compatible with TDS. Um, you could use any of the other frameworks that are out there, and you can pretty much take almost any part of Ignition that you like, use it. What you don't, don't. I mean, we, we don't get in your way. We don't try to force you into anything. So uh -huh. so we kind of covered a little bit of you get some, some base templates, some base fields uh, to work with. What's, what's, some of the other, uh, what's some of the other stuff that, that comes with that? What, what we do, a lot, of, a lot has to do with going from the the workflow of creating a component because most of what you do, once you get your site kind of rolling, your developers are creating components that are, that are going to be put into pages and that kind of thing. Uh, so we focus on the component that, which ties to a controller rendering in Sitecore. And then we use a component folder structure instead of the, it's, it's all MVC, but we don't use the MVC model view or areas or any of that stuff. We create one component folder for each component. That folder has your controller, and then we in, we use effectively we abstract the business logic that you would normally put in like an action method. We abstract that out into what, what we call an agent, and the agent is effectively it's a view model factory. It's all the business logic that's required to get your model to your view. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, so then, then you have your model and your view and all of that, and there's a lot of automation where we do automatic data binding between your DTOs coming from Sitecore in the form of glass objects. Okay, so DTOs being data transfer, data transfer objects. Yep. Exactly. And we do a bunch of automation with that so that they get automapped to your view model. Uh, there's um, a bunch of helpful things like uh, we support by convention the ability to have side-by-side -side with your views. You can use an experience editor view, which will automatically, if you're loading the page in experience editor, it will automatically serve up uh, the experience editor view versus the other uh, based on convention. If it's there, it'll do it. If it's not, it doesn't. But sometimes there'll be, when you the markup gets really complicated, like for a carousel or a slider, it's really hard to edit that in the experience explorer or the right, experience right. editor. 
So we give you that alternative view to simplify it okay. or put additional information, instructions, sure. things like that. Yeah, I've seen I've seen approaches where people take if you have something like you said as complex as a carousel, uh, it's kind of hard to uh, it's hard to edit in the experience editor. So a lot of times they'll stack the slides on top of each exactly. other and stuff like that. So I guess digging into ignition a little bit and, and kind of the history uh, of the module, what uh, well you know where did it come from? Um, I've been working on some iteration of this for a number of years now. Um, I started with the principles of it uh, back in 2014. Um, I actually spoke at the symposium in 2014 about developing your solution for the experience editor and all of the marketing automation. I got to, I was up on stage and I was with Carrie Belleros from Sitecore. Okay. Um, and it was, it was a really great presentation. Um, I, it was, I really enjoyed doing it. And then, so it, the, these principles have been evolving as we've kind of transitioned from web forms to MVC and developing these, these patterns and evolving them and just refining them over time. Um, it's kind of morphed uh, along the way into, um, into ignition then. and it, it's been something that I've been building for a while, but since about November of last year, when I joined proficient, I was able to get get input from some other team members there, sure. and we went ahead and just uh, put it together officially as an open source module. Then, nice. So, so this is uh, you know it's a completely open source module. Anybody's free to free to use it. Absolutely, yeah. It's under the MIT license. Uh, we welcome pull requests and community involvement and in creation feature requests, bug reports, anything like that. Uh-huh. Uh, but yeah, definitely open source. We. We really are kind of um, grateful for all the, the the community does with the Sitecore community. So we want to give back to that. Uh-huh. And I think that um, if we can avoid rescue projects, then Sitecore is going to look better. Sitecore is going to sell more more product. It's going to help us. It's going to help everybody. So it can only be uh, to the to the greater good. Well, yeah, and I definitely think if you uh, are, are building, you know, there, there's the case, and I, I think this is getting less and less. I mean, you mentioned you mentioned your presentation back in 2014 at, at symposium, and um, you know, talking with someone like Martina Welliner, who uh, you know, who was a big advocate for the page editor before it became the experience editor. It's uh, I, I think there has been a growing trend of of people building less monolithic applications. Uh, being able to leverage more uh, functionality like the page editor, or the page editor, or the experience editor. Um, but if even you know, with it, with that in mind, um, having a, a, a site that you can use a page editor, um, you can um, you you unlock a lot of the functionality that Sitecore. A lot of a lot of the functionality, frankly, people buy Sitecore for for the, the personalization that just kind of comes along for free. Um, Absolutely. So that's super nice. So, so tell me a little bit about yourself. You, you know, obviously have got a lot of passion around Sitecore. Uh, when, when did you get started with, uh, on the Sitecore platform? Uh, it's been somewhere between five and six years that okay. I've been working on Sitecore. I've been working on CMSs for even longer back. Um, but I've, in my professional career, I've been almost exclusively doing web development and CMS development. Um, at least as far as my, my .NET stuff. So, I mean, I've done, IT consulting and stuff in the past. Sure. Well. But primarily, as far as that goes, mostly CMSs. I started, I think, with like .NET Nuke. Okay. I've yeah. worked with Sitefinity and other things. But the Sitecore really, when, when I started using it, it was like, okay, I'm home. Yeah. This is really something that, that I love and I can embrace. I liked the way it was organized. Um, I'm a really big fan of object-oriented development. So the way Sitecore is broken out just 
it just harmonizes with with everything that I do. So yeah, it's 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 definitely really well organized, and I, I've kind of found that as a theme of a lot of people were drawn to the platform just because uh, just because of the organization of the product. It's um you know if you if you crack it open, it's it, in its at its base, it's just a humongous ASP.NET application, right? But um, it's a humongous ASP.NET application that's driven by this this equally humongous configuration, but with that, the the guts of the program are exposed right to the developer. You can kind of see how a lot of it works. How, you know what what goes on when a request comes in. What goes on when a field is rendered out. So it's it's uh, it's definitely kind of a cool platform in, in that sense. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so looking back at when you got started with Psychor, what what was kind of the first version that you kind of got your feet wet with? Do you remember? Um, yeah, I got certified originally on six five. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, actually, like a lot of people, I had, uh, Roby as my, uh, certification trainer and all that stuff. Nice. And, and immediately after that, I got right into working on a project, uh, with, um, a couple of people that were fairly experienced with, with Sitecore already and just, just kind of took off. And the, the, one of the early things that I found was that the approach, everything that we were being told in training wasn't really being done in practice. Like the, there at that point, they were starting to shift the focus to the experience editor and, and building modular pages and all of that. But this was right around six, five when that's around the cusp, when the page editor was kind of reimagined yep. and, and redesigned. So at that point, then uh, I was like, well, we're, we were taught to do all these things. So why are we doing this kind of this old way? And that's, that's really kind of what, what got me motivated to start a lot of this is I was, I was seeing the, the value of these modular architecture and the, the ability to plug and play and swap things in and out and, and build things up very complex layouts by using a bunch of simple pieces. And I, I re that really resonated with me. So that was kind of, that was the initial kind of start that got me working along this path. Yeah. And I think, I think, you know, looking at what was, what was talked about at symposium in, in New Orleans, I think you're seeing Psychor take a lot of that feedback of, you know, the, the, the training was very basic. It was very, you know, let's output a field on a, on a sub layout. And now looking at, uh, looking at movements like Helix. So, mm -hmm. you know, you've got a, you've, you've got official guidance from Psychor that says kind of how should you break apart your components? How should you handle dependency across those components? Um, and how, you know, what's the best way to go about doing that breakdown? You know, what is a module? What is, uh, you know, what are the different layers of the application? So could you get into a little bit of uh, looking at the ignition framework? How, how does it play with, you know, some of the stuff that uh, Sitecore is coming out with, with the, you know, the Helix and, you know, Helix, uh, led to Habitat, which is kind of a reference implementation of it. I guess where does where does where does Ignition fit in in that that sort of ecosystem? Yeah, I, um, originally we were kind of exposed to Habitat as before Helix was was as much of a thing, and that's been a a really nice thing to see that they're really clarifying the messaging around Habitat and Helix. Um, so Helix, as you said, is the set of principles and and suggested practices from Sitecore uh, to implement a su successful solution. And then Habitat is an example of that that is more of a demo framework or used to build proof of concepts or testing and things like that. What Ignition is, is we follow the vast majority, if not probably all of the principles of Helix because it's it's common sense development. It's, it's following solid practices yep. 
um, architectural patterns and, and things that just make sense that a lot of people in the community are already doing. Yep. Um, but not everybody necessarily knows how to integrate that uh, with Sitecore. And, and so what we have now is we've got Ignition, which closely follows the, the patterns and everything outlined by Helix and and can kind of hopefully fill that space yeah. because now that people understand not to necessarily pull down habitat and use it as the start of their solution they can they can look and say okay well helix is the principles we can start with ignition we can add on all these other things and just kind of build up to the solution that they really need yeah no i i agree as well i think it's um it, it's good cuz you you end up you, you at least in my travels in the in the sitecore world you do end up with a lot of people that maybe aren't as familiar with solid principles aren't as familiar with kind of uh how how should you structure a solution and that's i think we've all encountered those sitecore implementations where now you're doing remediation on a, on a project of, you know, it wasn't really built all that flexible and a customer, you know, whether you're a marketer, you're asking, you know, why does it cost so much to add this enhancement? Because it wasn't, you know, it wasn't architected that way to begin with. So it's, it, it's nice to see that because, uh, Sitecore being such an, uh, an enterprise platform, uh, you, it, I think the developer ecosystem of Sitecore is so varied that you may have somebody that says solid. What does that mean? It's like as opposed to squishy. And it's actually, no, solid's an acronym for something that, that means something. And it's, um, you know, it's not, it's not good or bad. You just have developers that aren't necessarily familiar with that. Oh, exactly. And they, even if they are familiar with it, they may not be familiar with how to apply that to Sitecore in a way that's going to still allow them to be successful with everything else. Too. Definitely. Definitely. So, hey, thanks a lot for the the conversation today. Uh, if folks want to get a hold of you, uh, where can they find you online? Uh, well, you can find me on Twitter at Sitecore John, J-O-N, unlike John West, who is Sitecore John with an H. Uh-huh. Um, I'm just Sitecore J-O-N John. Uh, you can find me on the Slack community. Um, I'm there as Sitecore John as well. Uh-huh. Um, and I'm very active. <laughs> People that, 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 are, that are active there know that I'm pretty verbose on there. There's a Ignition channel nice. on the Slack channel. Um, you can also tweet at um, ignition underscore SC okay. is our like project Twitter. Yep. And then uh, those are probably the best ways to do it. Uh, you can always find more information about us on my our YouTube channel as well. Um, I have it set up right now under my name. So if you just search for uh, John Upchurch and ignition, you'll find uh, a lot of documentation and videos and everything like that. As awesome. Well. Awesome. Yeah. And we'll definitely get links to all of that. And if you want to see more information on ignition and how to get a hold of John, definitely check out the show notes at forsampler.fm. John, thanks for being on the show. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us for this episode of core sampler to see show notes from this and past episodes, please visit coresampler.fm. There, you can also subscribe to this podcast to get new episodes as soon as they're released. If you liked what you heard today, please tell a friend and then go to iTunes to rate and comment on our show. Even if you're using a different app to listen to us, those ratings and reviews really do help others find us. Are you a professional working with Sitecore and interested in joining the show? Or would you like to leave some feedback directly? We want to hear from you. Drop us a line at info at coresampler.fm That is all for this episode of Core Sampler. We'll see you next time.